This Episode from 2021 features a conversation about storytelling enabled by technology. Barbara Marshall, an executive from Z by HP, speaks with Rick Champagne from NVIDIA and Mark Whitten from Unity to explore how advances in technology are enabling creators to bring their visions to life in ways scarcely imagined even five years ago. The three leaders highlight technology's role in the evolution toward virtual production and real-time collaboration that are transforming how stories are developed and experienced across screens, devices, and 3D environments. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to jump right into the first session. I want to take a moment to introduce the fantastic Barbara Marshall, who is our HP main sponsor. She's going to do a great opening keynote. And I want to just say one thing about Barbara, that every time you call Barbara, she answers the phone. Ladies and gentlemen, Barbara Marshall. Thank you. And now I'm joined by Rick Champagne and Mark Whitten. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. Hi. So, um, Mark, you lead creative, um, the entire creative division at Unity, correct? That's right. All of the work that we do to enable creators, whether it's in games or entertainment or architects and manufacturers, to create in real time, just as you were talking about. Excellent. So, and Rick, you lead industry strategy and marketing at NVIDIA for media and entertainment, correct? Correct. I'm glad I remembered that. <laughs> well done. Okay, so let, let's kick off with a sort of easing into the conversation. This festival is all about story enabled by technology. What is your perspective of the relationship between the two? And, and Mark, we'll start with you. I thought you, you hit it really well. This has constantly been an evolution of how do you give more tools to more creators so that they can bring their, their vision to life. And... Uh, Many of us may have seen recently, there was someone posted a, a shot from Soy Cuba, which was in the 50s. It has a two minute long crane shot. Yeah. And the crane shot goes three blocks through a hotel. And the discussion of how they did that, it was extraordinary. The number of people required, the amount of rigging required in order to be able to do that. But to the, the inspiration there to allow any creator, you know, with virtual tools to be able to invent shots like that and sort of have their imagination come to life is what technology, you know, allows people to be able to, to do. The democratization. Democratization, yes. Yeah. Good point. So, Rick, what about you? How do you see the relationship between the two? Yeah, I mean, technology is, is an enabling tool. I mean, the first stories I heard were from my mother, and she used her words and put visions in my head, probably to control my behavior. <laughs> but, um, you know, words are very effective. People use them as visuals. So people are standing up workstations. They're leaning into things. They're obsessively leaning into things, literally. And, um, and so, but when you merge technology and just you know, technology is derived from the word techne. It's a Greek word that means art or skill. And techne being um, today how you do what you do when you do what you're doing. And um, but techne, if you think about it, how you did what you were doing was you were presenting exactly the same question that we're answering now. But you had technology to do it. You had these beautiful visuals, and you were able to guide. Um, you know, the audience with what you wanted them to see. And we're here now with 
a microphone trying to guide people into what we think. Um, so technology does a, a really effective job at creating the visual that the artist wants the person to see. So I think technology is a great enabler in a way and you know and now with VR and you showed the the, the, uh, the reverb headset, we can really um, implant visions into people's minds very directly. And so it's a very powerful tool. So we have to be cautious how we use it now, but it's also a very creative tool. So I should have warned people, you know, we, we like to include a bit of intellectual nourishment at the festival as well. <laughs> and you were sounding very meta, Rick, but we're going to get to that we'll in get a meta. later <laughs> question. We will. Um, okay, so this is one of my favorite topics of discussion. The desire to work in real time has been the holy grail, as I said twice before, ever since the dawn of post-production, and particularly visual effects. But the big question is, are we there yet? And Mark, I'll let you start. Closer than ever before, and I think there's um, a couple of really key things. First off, obviously for previs, for the ability to use your camera, or your phone as a virtual camera to imagine the scene, we're already there. But then the quality of the output on the final pixels is increasing so dramatically, whether it's the game engines like Unity or the GPUs, and you talked a lot about the GPUs, but I think one of the most interesting things is the combination of GPUs that are extraordinarily powerful on a device that might be with you, and then the GPUs that are gonna be in cloud servers and in services like NVIDIA is doing that sort of create even more power to be able to deliver final pixels extraordinary high level of quality. Now, um, I don't know that we'll ever be there yet because as soon as you get to it's like, wow, that looks great, you're going to imagine, well, I wonder if we could do it a little bit better. And that sort of pursuit of what's possible um, will I think continue to drive evolution, but man, are we, uh, are we giving a lot of amazing tools to people today? Yeah, I mean, real time is just the, the funniest thing in our industry because um, we haven't had it. And, you know, talk to a musician and, and try to explain to them what we're doing in, in, you know, visual effects. It's just insane. They're like, you mean I would play something, wait to hear it, <laughs> give it to somebody else. And then, you know, they can try to do something with that by playing something, waiting to hear it and then giving it all back to me. It, it's it, crazy. It is, yeah. Yeah, and so real-time technologies like Unity um, and combined with the hardware to accelerate it, we're finally getting to the point where we can do real-time things at a level of fidelity that we've never been able to do before. So it's an extraordinarily exciting time right now in this industry. But picking up on what you were saying, Mark, I think that's a really good point. I mean, in my opinion, we're there. I mean, the quality of what you can do with the real-time engines is surely that's you know good enough, absolutely good enough for the rest of us to to consume and and not know that it's a compromise, if indeed it is a compromise. But to your point, people are always wanting to go further and further. People, as in creatives, oh, but we could do it so much better. We could do it so much better. Yeah, but at what cost? I think it's a great question, and it's going to really t come down to how does this tip of the spear of inventing the possible create more tools for people down at the next level to create more things? You know, there's always the world is a 
the natural world is an amazing and rich thing. And even just simulating that, and certainly in real time, there's much more that we can do as good as it is today. But even beyond that, what's in our heads, the world of our imaginations mm -hmm. is far richer even than that. And so, uh, you know, I don't, I, at least uh, we're not ready to put down the gauntlet to say that there's not more that could be done to create better tools. However, Back to your point of democratization, um, you know, there's going to be people that want to sort of invent something and are going to use huge, you know, banks of, of GPUs to render something, you know, billions of, of, of rays per pixel in some simulation. But those tools will then come down and a, a creator in, for streaming and then a creator on YouTube and then a creator on TikTok will be able to have access to as good of tools mm. to deliver things in real time. So talking about creators having access to tools, this past year, no, this past almost two years, um, how has the pandemic affected your customers? Rick, do you want to start? Sure. I mean, our customers are your customers. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I mean, it was really interesting. The visual effects industry specifically was ready to rock. I mean, a lot of the studios were already remoting workstations inside their facilities. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you go to London, there's, you know, limited space. And um, so they were moving workstations into the data center and they were using HP um, uh, Z Central remote boost. And so literally, um, proper use of the word, they, they were just taking home thin clients with monitors and, you know, putting in a VPN and still going to the same workstation they had before um, at work. So the, the visual effects industry was very quick to, to adapt. Um, since then, we've seen a lot of new things happening and a, a desire for um, more collaboration amongst the artists. And it, I think it was Danielle Costa who said, the cat is out of the bag. People know they can work remote now. Exactly. And so, um, so I think this industry is going to be more distributed. It's going to be easier to get talent wherever you want to find it. And so, again, a lot of really great things happening. Yeah, Rick, actually, what you've just said really, I know, resonates with so many. We've had a skill shortage for many years, particularly in the visual effects industry. We're going to have... Skills, well, we're already seeing skill shortages in all sorts of walks of life. The cat is out the bag. The pe people need to be able to recruit from a much broader pool of talent than Absolutely. ever before. So remoting technologies like Remote Boost, Teradici, um, a lot of companies were already using it, as you said. And they found it really easy to pivot overnight. Yeah. And then they've told their frenemies and, and so the word spread. But yeah, Mark, from your point of view, how have you seen the impact? Very similar. I think that, you know, uh, as teams figured out how to work from home and some were, were uh, more ready and some sort of have, have uh, learned how to do it better, uh, it's, it's opened up. I think that last point is the key one, that like um, the talent in the world knows that they can work with each other um, regardless of where they are. Um, and I think that's going to create better collaborations. It's also going to create, you know, challenges of you better have a great culture for your for your people because it's going to be easier than ever before for them to take the call and go work work somewhere else. And I think that's all a real positive um, for um, creating access for people and their ability for them to do work. Um, the tech, you know, this idea that um, you know a creative can use the screen that matters to them wherever they are, which might be you know an iPad on the beach. 
but connected to the power that they need um, to sort of do some complex you know, um, level of visualization with the level of input granularity they need, I think is also a game changer for letting people um, create in the field uh, and then also still be able to get to extraordinary real-time results. Okay, so Mark, um, Rick, you were getting a bit meta earlier. <laughs> so um, what does the metaverse mean to you? Um, well, uh, it means uh, a lot of things. It's very interesting. So we have our annual conference next week, mm. and we'll be there with you. But there is um, a talk from Bei Yang from Disney Imagineering, and he, he talks about it in terms of we have a very narrow view right now of the metaverse, which is causing you know, constriction in uh, how people are allowed to imagine what it could be. So I think we're, we're very quickly, everyone's trying to jump on the word and, and pull it into their own vision for it. Um, what I'll say is, and it was the quote from Jensen was very interesting because I'm not sure how the intonation was. He may have said, omniverse, or the metaverse is going to have a greater economy. Um, but the fact is, is that we will, the, the virtual economies will be larger than, than the physical one. And, and it's really happening already. You can buy anything. Talk to any kid who's got a game on their phone or that's playing a game. Uh, they just want to buy all the stuff. <laughs> and, and, and they've got a bigger wardrobe and more sense of fashion in a game than they do in real life. <laughs> And so there, there are lots of things happening, um, but from the NVIDIA point of view, it's really about the merging of the physical and the virtual worlds. Mm -hmm. It's not just going to a destination inside of, uh, of the 3D internet. It's also what comes back out. And so for us, we're trying to help scientists and engineers and uh, you know, developers and technologists to do their life's work. And if you can simulate an autonomous vehicle inside the virtual world on a billion hours of different road conditions before you transfer that learning to a real car, we've done some greater good in the world. Um, you know, so we, we, we've created something better in the physical world. So really it's the, it's the round trip and being able to merge those two worlds. And in fact, people are wearing watches right now and you're, you're actually simultaneously living in the digital world. Your biometrics are in the physical and, and the digital world. And you can use those in the way that you saw with the HP Reverb G2. You can use your biometrics to guide what's happening inside the virtual world. But then what can you get back out and you're using your watches to get better health? And so uh, similarly, yeah, we'll simulate things in the virtual world so that we can have a better physical world. So you don't see it, you, you don't have to be in a headset to be in the metaverse. We can still be consciously in this world. We can be simultaneously in two places at once. Time travel, maybe. It's, yeah, maybe like the Higgs boson particle. We can, you know or something like that yeah <laughs> i'm gonna move on um <laughs> mark what's your view of the metaverse oh, i don't know if i have to follow the higgs boson that's <laughs> uh you know i um I, I one thing i've talked about it uh, with some of my folks is um thinking about 2011 and photos and i think when we were sitting around in 2011 we would be saying things like wow i, I can't believe how many photos are being taken per year now it's amazing mm. but of course we were nowhere 
and the next decade of growth in um, number of people who thought of themselves as creators because they had access to this tool that allowed them to create using photo and video in extraordinary high quality um, in their pocket with them at all times changed in ways that at least I certainly not, did not sort of imagine TikTok when I thought that in 2011 uh, and all of the things that came from that. We're at the same place. And if you imagine 10 years from now, there's a lot of 3D content. There's a lot of 3D content in movies and games and everywhere else. But these phones that are in the pocket, the glasses and goggles that we're putting on our face, um, they're getting better and better at an extraordinary rate. And when the next billion people sort of start imagining what they want to create with those sorts of things, they're going to create in the real world. They're going to create in 3D. They're going to create things that are physically aware of where they are. And it for sure will not be um, only inside of a pair of goggles. Or, it's just going to be too big of a concept because, you know, a billion plus people creating, just like we saw with the, the massive rise of video and photo that's happened, is just can't be constrained by any one concept. And that's the beauty of the metaverse. It's why, you know, certainly Unity, you know, the, the company's heritage is this idea of democratization because we always assume that our imagination is far too small <laughs> relative to what if we can give voice to more people to be able to create and they'll be able to do. And to me, that's what the metaverse means. It's more tools to be able to invent in a way that is just not possible today um, by a set of people that we're not even imagining yet. Yeah, there's so much more I want to talk about and I'm conscious of time because I think that that um, you're, you're getting at the diversity and inclusion topic, which is just, you know, so important to all aspects of our society and if the tools can help that we're one step in in the right direction but what i'm curious about is like what's the um let's say most surprising usage of the game engine that you've seen uh, the beauty of Unity is I get to be surprised every day. There's this <laughs> internal Slack called Made with Unity, and you go onto it every day, and you're like, oh my god, that's amazing. I can't believe that that just happened. But uh, it's certainly in the non-game spaces, we're starting to see just some extraordinary things. There's this recent startup named uh, Proximy um, that does um, allows a doctor to virtually scrub in at distance uh, from uh, a, a surgery. And so this really actually over the pandemic became extraordinarily helpful because you'd have these specialists that could not get mm. to uh, a medical procedure that needed to happen. But because of AR and this ability to sort of visualize stuff in real time, they were able to be there and help guide the doctors that were on site to train them to sort of better deliver them. Like again, none of us thought we were building the medical you know, simulation engine, but here we are and it's extraordinary to see what people are doing with it. Yeah, that's, I, I, I don't know about you, sometimes I question like the world that we live in and, you know, we're not saving babies, we're not, um, you know, doing what really matters in the grand scheme of things, or maybe we are, because maybe um, the, the creative nourishment that everybody needs, but it's just fascinating to see the tools being used in a medical environment where you literally are saving lives. For sure. Uh, I, I think we are. I think uh, entertainment has prevented a lot of parents from doing harm to their children. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you, you know, on that, you know, in this industry, so those were excellent examples. And likewise with Omniverse, you know, simulating the, you know, the physical world in the virtual world mm -hmm. uh, is creating uh, amazing things. It's actually, it's a time machine. We're allowing scientists to do things that would have taken them 10 years mm -hmm. in the physical world, and we're allowing them to do it 
you know, in, in a fraction of that time in the virtual world. So if you think about training a robot to work in hazardous conditions and do different things, we can train a million robots at the same time inside of the virtual world uh, in, in real time. And so there are things like that. But in this industry, for me, the most remarkable thing was when I walked onto the set of The Lion King. Uh, with uh, with Ben Grossman and Rob Legato, Caleb Deschanel, John Favreau, and they were using Unity um, to film The Lion King, and they were they were there at Pride Rock in in the virtual world, and they were filming it, and that was just super cool. Um, not to mention because you know Ben Grossman was there. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you didn't want to leave Pride Rock, is that what you're saying? I, I, it was amazing, honestly. I, I, you could do all of the same things you could in the physical world. You had lighting, you had, you know, um, you can change lenses on your camera, you can do everything. It was amazing. Yeah. Okay, in 20 seconds each, what's next? Mark. I think it's, you know, I'll just go back to it's going to be more creators uh, and it's going to be tools um, that take this high end visualization and put them into the hands of um, hundreds of thousands and millions of new cinematographers and new storytellers mm -hmm. um, that are going to surprise us. And, and I mean, that's uh, an excellent observation because, yes, creativity and the tools in the hands of the professionals. I, I remember when I got my first camera that had eye-controlled focus, and that came from fighter pilot technology used to lock onto a target. And that was super cool, but that always happens. People are using, are doing motion capture with the camera on their phone now. You can, you can, you know, literally do that. You can control a 3D character with a camera. So, I mean, um, the doc demo democratization of technology uh, for creativity is uh, the next big wave. Anyone can be a creator in the metaverse. That's a great way to end this first session. And uh, welcome to the festival, everybody. <laughs>